Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Don Cricky. Don, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Very good. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Brian. My man, Don Cricky. You have no idea who I am, but I am a huge fan of yours and have talked to, about you with my boss. He and I are similar age and just grew up listening to you call NFL games and more specifically the Orange Bowl, some just iconic matchups in, in that bowl game, you and Bob Trumpy. And what's the key to your longevity? That's what I want to know, first of all. Well, first of all, I do know who you are, a Texas linebacker and a darn good one. Oh, well, well, thank you, sir. <laughs> and also a high school All-American in Lubbock, Texas. See? How am I doing so far? <laughs> keep, keep going, baby. You're on the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, the same, the same thing that uh, it's, you know, first of all, if we didn't do this, guys, we'd have to have a job, right? Yeah. So uh, I think the best way to keep going is just to make every game the most important one you've done. Like you guys try to make every show you do the most important one you've done. Everything's important. It's all new. And uh, I think, you know, respecting your audience because the audience is now – have so much access to information, you've got to really be on your toes and working at it to give them stuff they might not know. This is true. Now, I know this may difficult be difficult for you to answer, though, but of all those Orange Bowls you did, which ones stand out? I, I'm envisioning right now the Hurricanes versus uh, Nebraska and the Jeff Smith. I think they were going for two there at the end of the ball game. Of course, didn't get in, and Miami and Jimmy Johnson win the national title. But which one stands out to you? I would say that one. You know, that one gets played back the most on ESPN Classic. You know, Nebraska started the day as the only unbeaten team. It was the 83 season. It was the 84 Orange Bowl, January of 84. And Nebraska went in the, in the afternoon. The numbers two and three both got beat. So it was number four Miami against number one Nebraska. And, of course, if Nebraska had kicked the extra point and got in a tie in the game, there was no playoff then, uh, they would have been the only unbeaten team who won a national championship, but Tom Osborne, to his credit, went for it, didn't get it. So the Hurricanes won their first national title, but that's probably the one you get. I get asked about the most. That was uh, it's, it's a very memorable game, that's for sure. When you show up and you call a game, a home game for Notre Dame, and you think about the longevity of your career, and the, the, I've only been there a couple times, but it just feels like you're going back into the past at a Notre Dame home game. When you when you show up there, do you feel like it's the it's the same thing every time, even though you've been doing it for so many years that the sports world has changed so much? But that Notre Dame home game, you could be in either nineteen seventy five or two thousand and seventeen. You know that's absolutely true, Greg. It uh, I went to school there, and family members have gone there. I've got a grandson there now, and uh, but you know it's it's like going home away, like it would be for Brian to go back to Texas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a great place to go to. It's a great tradition, but they've got a big game this week. It's kind of an elimination game because uh, both USC and Notre Dame are hoping to play their way in with a winning streak down the stretch to the Final Four in college football. But the loser on Saturday night is not going to get there because no two-loss team ever has. USC is 6-1 and one going in, and Notre Dame's 5-1. and one. 
So it's um, it's a very big game, that's for sure. Now, Don, do you foresee the the Winbush at quarterback uh, being the Winbush we saw versus Michigan State, or the Winbush we've seen for pretty much the rest of the season, a fifty percent passer? He was seventy percent in that that Michigan State ball game. They were getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and of course, they were still able to run. I just can't see them being a, a, a one trick pony going up against uh, this USC defense. Well, that's a good point. It's, it, uh, there's no question. Greg uh, Wimbush, though, is, uh, is a wonderful player. I live in New mm-hmm. Jersey, and he was a high school star here. And there's coaches in New Jersey that say he's the best high school player they ever saw in New Jersey. Uh, he has not had a lot of playing time at Notre Dame. Uh, I think he's going to be a lot better this week. I know he's had a very good two weeks of practice. Irish had a bye, but he's got just an extraordinary ability and great leadership qualities. So, but going against USC, you better have those things, or you're not going to win. I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to have a big game Saturday night. But Notre Dame's big game. They've gone back to old time football, Brian. They're they're running mm-hmm. the ball first. Yeah, they average over 300 yards a game rushing. Uh, they've you know rushed for 23 touchdowns, and they're running first. And uh, as opposed to Brian Kelly wanted to throw all the time, well, they've got a new coordinator in now. And the running game has really helped them. They've been a much, they're a much, much better team than last year. Gio and Jones with Don Cricky across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Brian Kelly caught a lot of flack for a press conference after the Georgia loss, and a lot of people were saying, you know, maybe he's a little bit too hot-headed and all these things, these criticisms. Well, your interactions with Brian Kelly, what type of man, what type of coach is he? I tell you, he, he's a very good guy. He, he really is. And what the guy does for charity, they don't talk about, but he's got a foundation called Kelly Cares. And I don't know how much money he raises through it, which he gives away pretty much anonymously through his foundation. So he does not have the best image on the sideline, you know, yelling at players because he's got the uh, Irish temper, I guess you'd call it. But uh, he's a very good person, I think, and he's now tempering that down. And he's a very he's a winning football coach. You know, he's won national championships on the Division two level. Uh, but I, I think Brian Kelly's a real stand-up guy whose temper has gotten the better of him. And certainly the cameras have captured it. But uh, I'd say good coach and good person. And that's interesting to me, Don, because I, I, I went to bat for him early on in his career there at Notre Dame, and some folks had come after him about his behavior, histrionics there on the sideline. And yet other coaches, Nick Saban comes to mind, and I know he's winning these championships and, 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 and beat uh, Notre Dame for one of those uh, titles back in 2012. But it, it's interesting that Brian Kelly gets beat over the head about how he behaves on the sideline and certain others don't. Uh, right. Double standard. <laughs> yeah, well, he got off to a bad start. They kept showing it over and over and he was yelling at a guy. And, uh, you know, he learned from it. But, yeah, Nick is, Nick's kind of fed up with the media now, too. But, you know, you can be fed up with anybody you want if you're winning like he is. Right. Um, and he, and, as you know, Brian, he and Belichick are very close. He worked for Bill Belichick at Cleveland as his D coordinator. So he, he approaches the media a lot like Bill Belichick does. A limited amount of information comes out, and he knows he has to do it, but it's like uh, going for root canal when they're in a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Notre Dame, when they're playing well, tends to get a little bit overrated because of the strong fan base and – how desperately they want to be on the top of the college football world. Uh, what do you think about this team right now and, and the way they've played post the Georgia loss? Um, are they deserving of all the attention that they've been getting leading up to this game at US, uh, against USC? Well, Greg, they're definitely a, a, they're a very good team, Notre Dame. People don't know it yet. But I go, I did the NFL for 47 years, uh, most of them in the great association with CBS and Sean McManus and all those people. But, 
so I, I know a lot of scouts. I know there's going to be over 40 NFL scouts at this game Saturday night. So I get to talk to professional Italian evaluators, and there's probably more uh, potential NFL players on this Notre Dame team than they've had in maybe almost since uh, Leahy in the 40s when everybody was a, a potential NFL player. But they've got talent. They've got their, I think their offensive line from tackle to tackle, a guy told me they look like NFL starters to him down the line. That's why they're running so well. But then you get in with USC. I mean, you know, a lot of USC players don't do well in, in the pros because they don't play. They play on a more of an even field. Nobody gets the five-star players, and I guess Alabama does now. But as far as the highest-rated high school players, USC is unbelievable. I mean, you're a five-star quarterback handing off to a five-star running back who's running behind a five-star left tackle. And, you know, they, they have the cream of the crop, uh, USC, more than anybody, I think, until this run by Alabama. But Notre Dame has great talent right now. I mean, really good players, and that's showing up. Don, that, that cream of the crop is that wide receiver Deontay Burnett has really availed himself as a go-to guy for Sam Darnold. And Darnold coming off a game, his first game of the season, where he doesn't throw a pick. This secondary of Notre Dame, how do they match up against the passing game of USC? Well, I think, I think that's the matchup, Ryan. I think uh, Darnold's, uh, he, he's probably like college football's Aaron Rodgers as far as winning games on a last drive. Uh, before Aaron got hurt, uh, I think Notre Dame's got a, you know, that's a big challenge for Notre Dame. Their secondary's okay. It's certainly, I don't think, full of uh, future NFL players. There's a couple there, but that's, that's going to be the matchup. Can they stop, hold Darnold down? And the bigger matchup, I think, can the USC's defense stop Notre Dame running? I don't mm-hmm. think they can. Yeah. And I'm not sure Notre Dame's pass defense can stop Darnold, so I think we're looking at a shootout. <laughs> Geo and Jones with legendary play-by-play man Don Cricky. He'll be calling Notre Dame-USC on the radio on Saturday night. Uh, I remember listening to you be the sports guy on IMIS and even going to YouTube and listening to some of those clips. And to think that how different it is to be doing play-by-play and then also be a part of a show like that is that a difficult transition because all i know is doing talk shows and and joking around but it's different deal when you're doing play-by-play than have to do something like that on a show like that was that hard for you to do Uh, not really greg you know it's all part of the same great business i i've been doing a morning radio i was on uh john gambling on wor for 20 years and he had the number one rated show in the country for those uh, for years and years and then i miss you know, another different type of guy as far as what he does on the air, but he's an un- unbelievable talent. So they're very, these guys that are so good that have the ratings like, uh, they're very easy to work with. I mean, you could say, I got nothing to say today, and they'd make something good out of it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, uh, I, I didn't say that to them, but they, they could play off anything. <laughs> yeah. But no, it wasn't hard, you know. I, I, I still go back to, you know, if we weren't doing this, you guys are in the same boat, we'd have to get jobs. This is true. So you you see a close one there in South Bend. I I think it's going to be a close one as well. Now, this O-line, and and you're right, these guys are huge. They get off the bus. They look like football players. You take notice for for Notre Dame. Now, they had trouble with the speed of Georgia, not necessarily the physicality of of Georgia, but definitely the speed. Have they shored up that problem? I think they're trying. I mean, I I don't think people knew how good Georgia was. I mean, Mm -hmm. they might give Alabama all they can handle in the SEC championship game, I think. Uh, Georgia's really good, man. They've got, 
I don't know, that Lorenzo Carter, I never heard a word about him, a 6'6", 245 outside linebacker, D-end. Yep. Man, I mean, he's, <laughs> if that guy's in an NFL Pro Bowl, I don't know who is. And they've got speed all over the field. And then Nick, uh, uh, he told me that, though, one time, that to Saban, when he was, he'd been at Michigan State, then he went to LSU. And I saw him, I said, what, what's the big difference? He said, speed. He said, the yeah. Southeast Conference faster than the Big Ten. It's funny because Brian wants to talk about football. I want to talk about your radio career. Does do it. Your your whole career, TV career, too. (laughs) Um, Your favorite thing that you've done in in your career, is it calling Notre Dame football, or is there something else that you would put slightly above it? Well, you know, I think, Greg, uh, football has been the thing that I've, you know, I did the NFL for 47 straight years uh, on network, So, and I'm fortunate enough to be in the Hall of Fame. I've got the Pete Rozelle Award, but... I'd have to put football, broadcasting football first, but really it's whatever the, what's ever on your plate that day. I mean, the, the basketball I've loved, uh, the Olympic Games, tremendous. Uh, I mean, I try to make everything up. I love all of it. You love preparing <laughs> like you guys do. That's as much fun as doing the games. How uh, much did but, you love those long-ass Orange Bowl halftimes back in the day? Well, you'd get a rest anyway, right? <laughs> It'd be 35 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They were really – I've done 14 Orange Bowls and a lot of them for the national championship when they have the great – you know, there was then the Big Eight when it would go to yeah. the Orange Bowl, and it was usually either Nebraska or Oklahoma, and they were unbelievable teams. And then they played somebody that was great and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, it seemed like starting the game all over after halftime, though. I mean, they were so long, but we would tune in because we had nothing else to watch. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, the halftime was, we would. The game Ryan, was... It was like the Super Bowl halftime. You know, coaches have been to the Super Bowl. They go through, you know, they have like a 40-minute halftime. These guys have to stretch again and yeah. uh, start all over. You've got to start your engine again after those long. That's too much rest. <laughs> uh, and that, that was the case with the Orange Bowl teams. I mean, the Nebraska and, or- and Oklahoma knew how to handle it. But those long... Uh, those long halftimes took some of the steam out of people. They lost their mojo. Vince Scully, the greatest play-by-play man ever? Well, he's certainly one of them. You know, you learn from different guys. Uh, I, you know, he, he's fantastic, Vince. Uh, and, and he was, you know, he was as good when he was 90 as he was when he started. Hmm. I mean, he's, he's an amazing guy. And, he, and he, he could still be doing it. But, he, you know, he just got, I think the travel got to him. But I would say of, of all the announcers, uh, you know, I think of of, uh, of one announcer, if I could pick what he said and how he said it over a lot of years, I think Dick Enberg's as good as anybody I've heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought Mel Allen was great doing baseball. I used to hear him doing the Yankee games back in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from. And, uh, I mean, I learned to do play-by-play, listen to a guy named Bill Mazur, who did college basketball oh, wow. in Buffalo and came to New York. Yeah, I know so Bill Mazur. a lot of different people. And the big thing I did early, somebody told me, you know, uh, get smart people that know the business better than you do to critique you. So I would drive up to Chicago with a tape of a Notre Dame game and uh, get some kind, he'd break it down for me. But you learn from that, so uh, that's the big thing. But your audience tells you how good you are and your sponsorships does. Uh, You guys have listeners because the show is good. Talking to Don Cricky on CBS Sports Radio. What about the young guys now? Is there one that you admire in the game now more than the others? You mean as an announcer? Yeah. Oh, I think you know. I think they're all. Uh, you know, you don't. It, it, it's, you know it, Brian. It's like playing. I mean, if I see you on the CBS network, I mean, you guys do a great job with that studio show. If you didn't, you know what'll happen? They'd get somebody else. I mean, they're very fair about it. 
Uh, but, you know, it's like playing. If you're not delivering the goods, uh, they do have another guy waiting. So I think most everybody that's on the air uh, is pretty good that's been on for a length of time. I respect what they're doing. I used to think guys that did like the CBS pregame NFL show just got on there and sat down. Okay, you're going to talk about this for a little while. It was timed out to the second I found out. I mean, it was a very precise, you know, like you're doing a studio show, Brian. I'm sure they say you've got about 15 seconds now yep. to give an opinion here. People don't realize that. It's, all of it's very uh, it's timed out, and all of it's tough, all of it's preparation. That, that's interesting you say that, Don, because Gus Malzahn, we had him on the set with us a couple of years ago, and every time we see him, now, that's the first thing he says. I, he just starts shaking his head. I, I just didn't know it was that difficult. I didn't know it was that <laughs> it difficult. But my, my last question to you, Don, uh, is this. Uh, how jacked are you when you walk into that stadium each Saturday? I, I know I, I get excited heading into the studio, especially when we got a big matchup on, on the docket. And I, I'm sure the same happens to you. Oh, no question. I mean, it's every. I mean, I've been you know looking forward to this game for I don't know how long. And everybody, I must. I work with Alan Pinkett, who was a great back mm-hmm. in Notre Dame, and a real hero out there. And he's the same way. I mean, he said, you know, it, it never gets old. Uh, he was Notre Dame's leading rusher for a number of years. Somebody finally surpassed him. But it's always new. It's always great. Every game is a challenge for the teams. It's a challenge for the announcers. It's a, it's a world of excitement. I think that's what keeps the adrenaline flowing and. Well, we all love doing it. You're never going to retire, right? <laughs> well, I mean, what would I do? Go to games? It's <laughs> 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 a good point. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's a, it's a good way to, you know, it's a great life. Don, it was really an honor talking to you. Yes, it Have was. fun calling the game. I know you will on Saturday night. Thanks for the time. Well, this I've morning. enjoyed you guys on the air a lot, and it's a great show, and people at CBS recognize that, and lots of continued success to you. Thanks, Thank Don. Appreciate Thank you very you. much. Thanks, guys. Don Cricky, the legendary play-by-play man. 47 years on TV. 47 years. Jeez. Wow. You're working on your 40th now, but, I mean, 47 is impressive. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, in some form or fashion, yes, my 40th. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, Greg Amsinger of the MLB Network will be doing our update for us. Because <laughs> we did a... We did a trade-off with Bogus. We got one of theirs. Uh, Bogus will be back in here. And uh, Coop and Calhoun. Yeah! Back for another week. Can't wait for this one. And uh, there's also a little Rorschach test that Mikey B gave Coop. And we'll see what he uh, saw in a particular picture. We're coming right back. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. There really isn't to do it properly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, just, it's, it wouldn't be doing the story justice in this FCC world we live yeah, in. You yeah. want, I'll tell on MLB Network. That's how I'll break the ice <laughs> yeah, this afternoon. Right. Four o'clock MLB Excuse me, now. Carlos Pena. <laughs> I got to tell you. I got it's a one time story. on the train. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never mind that slurb you struck yeah. out on. Carlos, I just want to say thank you for wearing underwear. <laughs> oh, because stop. I've already been traumatically. <laughs> By the other pro athlete I hung out right. with this morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, this game preview brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. If your weekends are reserved for football, then you should be watching the games at B-Dubs, where all the fans are there for the same reason to watch sports. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports, Seahawks, and Giants, Sunday, mm-hmm. 425 Eastern Time from MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Seahawks, 3-2, and two, Giants, 1-5. and five. Got their first win last week on the road at Denver. Seahawks rushed for more than 100 yards only twice this season. Eli Manning, nine touchdowns. 
five INTs on the season. If you missed it earlier, Andrew Bogus is going to be on MLB Network at 4 o'clock He's as a, a baseball expert yeah. next to Carlos Pena and who else? Uh, Dan O'Dowd. Dan O'Dowd. So a former general manager, a former player, and a former backup second baseman in high school. Yep. We'll be uh, <laughs> talking about the national baseball scene. While, say, who while we are knocking on the door of the who World is? Series. This is when they decided to dust you off. I mean, seriously. <laughs> right, I mean, again, it makes zero sense. <laughs> really, this is this yeah. is one of those things that if, if there's like uh, radio and TV gods, they are smiling upon you right now Yes, uh, to get you in this situation, which is great. It's a great opportunity. So check it out. Watch on MLB Network. Four o'clock today. MLB now. MLB now. And we're being honest. Just put your TV on it, and then you can walk away. You don't need to watch <laughs> yeah. and judge and comment. I'm on a live tweet. Just get the Why ratings points. Right. Yeah. This bogus is a ratings juggernaut. This dude. Where'd they, where'd they <laughs> I mean, find this dude? Jeez, he's, he's the white Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's amazing. A, the Geo and Jones army. In full effect. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we put him on, and look at this. This is unbelievable. Imagine if we got Geo or Jones. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> We've tripled our MLB now numbers. They were going to ask, they asked for bribe, and then they heard the who is Christian Yelich drop and said, eh, we should probably stay away from that. <laughs> oh, you're right. Charlie Culberson. <laughs> All right. Um, Pogish before he becomes a big. <laughs> Baseball TV. Yeah, while, I know. I, while I still work here, yeah. we should uh, kick him while he's down, man. <laughs> I know. Because it's all going to change Monday. Yeah, it is. After <laughs> this. These guys getting chauffeured around New York City. Yeah. To, to MLB Network He's going to come in with his monocle. He's <laughs> like the same thing that like Cliff Floyd and Chris Mad Dog Russo are getting. Yep. Andrew Bogus's. How about that? It's pretty cool, I'm man. Jealous. And Pete goes in, in the break. Because he knows that we criticize him for hating on absolutely everything. Yeah. So now I think this was his way to say, see, I'm not such a son of a bitch. Uh, he goes, that one hurt. Yeah, uh, he, he, <laughs> what did he say? He goes, he goes, you know, I'm happy for Bogus. Oh, I'm really happy. And yeah. I immediately said, that's a lie. <laughs> because <laughs> you, your MO is when anybody gets an opportunity to do anything, you just hate on it. You Why? hate on it. You hate on it. You hate on it. Any sort of career growth around you really gets you angry. Why is that? Bogus, you have an update. <laughs> wow. What is up with? Why would you? I don't. I mean, fellow coworker. he is getting the details of my perks today. So they're going to pick you up here, <laughs> and then take you where? Yeah, that's how it works, man. Spot for him. He does good with baseball. <laughs> oh, good with baseball. Yeah, it's a backhanded. You're compliment. limited. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. all I got. Yeah, if this was Stay football, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, then a different story. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking basketball. No, no NBA just, analyst. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you guys heard of the Phoenix Suns? <laughs> <laughs> We've got two haters over there, don't we? Now, no, oh, Pete, wow. be completely honest and don't. Tr- not a joke. Not just. If Mikey B got the same call from NBA TV oh, dude. to be an analyst dude. there, how, Gee, would, don't go how there. would you feel? Go get Tom in here. <laughs> don't you I'm do that. Here. You're out of here. See, that would really annoy you, right? That would annoy me. Yeah, Why? okay, good. good. I think I'm I could do a good job just as well I'm, as Andrew. I'm not saying you could or couldn't. Wait, I just want to get the truth out of Pete. You say NBA TV? NBA TV. Oh, I'd be fine with it. If it was MLB, then... Oh, that would call be somebody else. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, interesting. Because he could do the NBA. I can't do the NBA. So I'm just trying to figure out the rules of your hate. 
Like, because no, you no, have there hate are rules. No rules. There's hate. No, there's hate rules. Like, because <laughs> you're good with baseball, it's okay you do MLB Network. Because he's good with the NBA, that's okay. But if it were vice versa, you that would tick you off somehow. No, no. If, if the person I don't think can do well with something, then I hate on it. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. But even though it's not your decision to bring that person in and, and give them that opportunity. I'm you, just critical. You, you'd be critical even though the people who are who are – Bringing them in, they have done their homework and vetted the person and think they are qualified to do it. You would still hate on them. It's just my critique of it, yeah. <laughs> Professor Pete. You a Thank hater. You. Critiquing Pete. Pete the critique. <laughs> Today in class, folks. I think yeah, had, a, had a hate had on a hate. career growth of a, others. Always good to have an opinion, so that's my opinion. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Or it's always I don't that. hate. I wouldn't say That's what hates. the Twitter trolls say, too. Yeah. It's always good to have an opinion. Yeah. Die. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would like you to die. It's just my opinion. It's good to have an opinion and express it. Die. Did you just call Pete the, like, walking egg avatar? <laughs> yeah. Got, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A slight crack up top. <laughs> uh, all right. Superstar. Last time we can right, say yeah, this. Yeah, what well, might be my last yeah. update? Yeah. Yeah. Jones. Enjoy it while we can, crossed. Gio. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to pay attention this time because right. this may wow, be. Wow, the it. DA show's lucky, man. They really yeah. get the true swan song, the last yeah. update yeah. and everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's the Rome at noon that really is the emotional <laughs> one. Are you, you have to do that one, too? I always. Oh, I didn't know that. Are you going to do like a baseball style celebration after that update and then spray the champagne with the goggles on and everything? No, this is because I want to be professional. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And plus, this is only a one time thing. If it turns into something else, then yeah, then we'll celebrate. <laughs> then we'll get the ski goggles. Sounds, sounds good. Go uh, so, after keeping the Cubs alive in game four of the NLCS, the Dodgers left little doubt in game five. Here's the pitch to Bellinger. Line drive. Base hit into the right field corner. Taylor rounding second. He's on his way to third. Bellinger's on his way to second base. Taylor's on his way home. Throw to the plate is not in time. And arriving at third base is Bellinger. And the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. Just three batters into the game at Wrigley. Charlie Steiner, Dodgers Radio LA scored again in the second, then five times in the third, highlighted by Kike Hernandez's grand slam. He homered three times, drove in seven. That's an NL postseason record. 11-1, the final count over the Cubs. All that offense overshadowing Clayton Kershaw, allowing just one run on three hits with five Ks over six. The Dodgers return to the World Series for the first time since 1988. The Cubs go home after hitting just 156 in the series. The Astros hitting just 147 through five games of the ALCS back at home tonight. They face Luis Severino with their season on the line. Justin Verlander counters for Houston. No matter who wins the AL game, one of the World Series at Dodger Stadium Tuesday night, Kershaw will start for LA. The Raiders took a 14-0 lead on the Chiefs on Thursday night football. They trailed 30-21 through three, then by six with 2.25 to go. Derek in a roll left. Derek throws for the end zone, and it is called for a touchdown by Michael Crabtree! The Raiders, and I think this time it counts! Greg Pop on Raiders Radio Oakland had touchdowns negated by review and an offensive pass interference call. Then the Chiefs were called for holding in the end zone on consecutive plays. Michael Crabtree's two-yard catch came on an untimed down. The Raiders won 31-30 on Giorgio Tavecchio's point after. All after Marshawn Lynch was ejected for running onto the field and shoving an official to get a KC corner Marcus Peters who delivered a late hit to Derek Carr. Head coach Jack Del Rio. I didn't get a chance to like have a conversation about it. I told him you can't leave the bench like that, and that was about it. Next thing I knew, he was uh, being tossed. 
and Lynch then watched the game from the stands in street clothes. Oh, um, my goodness. And you mentioned Damon Mandalora. He just put out a tweet as I was walking in the room. That I don't know if it's true or not, but Lynch and then Peters, who were at the yeah. center of this, might have then been hanging out filming a video last night around Oakland for Lynch's record label. Yeah, that wouldn't so surprise true. me. Yeah. yeah, I said earlier, they, they left the stadium together. They were spotted on the BART train. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they're close, rapid transit. I think they're cousins somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know if it's exactly. Real cousin or play cousin? Like, that I can't <laughs> tell you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all is somehow. <laughs> well, thanks, Greg. Lonzo Ball just three points in his NBA debut. His Lakers <laughs> laugh audibly so people know. <laughs> Brian's laughing, but he's not. He's doing it away from the mic <laughs> and quietly. <laughs> okay. All right, good. All right, yeah, all right. There we go. <laughs> that was close. Uh, if anybody network's listening, I don't condone this. That's why we all look alike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just. Because if anybody played that back and heard the silence right afterwards, they would think that he was angry. And, uh, don't make the elephant angry, okay? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it may not pick up peanuts. But... It cracks skulls. Yeah. Uh, so Ball just three points in his NBA debut. His Lakers beaten by the Clippers, 108-92. Uh, welcome to the emergency room. Can you tell me what happened? Well. <laughs> yeah, do a radio show. Yeah. And uh, you see the game last night, Marshall. Never mind. Just uh, got punched, but like in a different. What do you think I could do about this? You got some Advil? Doesn't look like a fist. I mean, someone throw a cucumber at you? Got a... Sure, exactly what. Hey, Karen, come in here. Take a look at this. What's that look like to you? <laughs> oh, I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, happened to me once. Brian? <laughs> Are you Geo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he's still at it. <laughs> That's amazing. I picked that mark out from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, just no. realized he didn't hit me with a bat back in the box. <laughs> <office. laughs> oh, boy. Uh, other things happened. Uh, <laughs> the, the internet exists for those. Greg, back to you. Very good. All oh, right. Wow. So, uh, Coop and Calhoun are two guys who run security for us in our building. Both of them have different challenges with our language, and <laughs> we have them make picks for us. Now, Calhoun refuses to do picks any longer and it's okay because basically all he would say is uh eagles all the way like that would be his picking he would not give us any insight would, uh, giants all the way so coop now does the picks every week so you're going to hear coop's three picks but also in this piece of audio mikey b has given him a rorschach test mm-hmm. of sorts yesterday if you're listening to our show we took a picture of the new construction outside of our office where there's a crooked wall. On that crooked wall was a shadow <laughs> that looked exactly like a well-endowed man. Yes. And and it's what it really is, is Mikey B's elbow. If you really look at it, you can see the shadow of Mikey B taking the picture. But it looks just, with everybody's mind, it looks like a well-endowed man. Yeah. So what Mikey B did after the picks, he asked Coop, he shows Coop the picture, and he asked Coop what he sees 
like a like a Rorschach test. So take a listen. All right, Coop, let's get to our NFL picks for Week Seven: Atlanta at New England. Patriots favored by three and a half. Atlanta. Why Atlanta? Well, I just like Atlanta. <laughs> I can't go in detail and tell you right now. But I like Atlanta. New Orleans at Green Bay. Saints favored by four. Saints. Why? Because I, I don't. Saints got a pretty good team, you know. <laughs> you know, Green Bay is good too, but I, I, I like New Orleans. I like New Orleans. New Orleans. Bengals at Steelers. Steelers favored by five and a half. Steelers. Why? What? <laughs> Pittsburgh pretty good. Pittsburgh got a good team. I'll tell you in the well. That's my team. Well, doing a team I used to like years ago, so I stick with. And this shadow, what does it look like to you? <laughs> oh! I don't know. Don't put that in there. Don't put that in Hey, hey. What? So he said it looked like a blank, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the shadow yeah. looked like yeah. a, a mm. curse word. Oh, very good. Whew, man, I tell you, that, that Coop's getting annoyed with your why questions, though. Yeah. Why, Coop? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Oh, He's not like, man. He goes, I can't. I love, I can't tell you right now. <laughs> well, when should we come back? <laughs> I'll tell you off the record. <laughs> yeah, like, what about right now doesn't work for you? I can't go into detail and tell you right now. <laughs> I can't go into detail and tell, tell you right, right now. Well, why is that? Is, this, is there an embargo on your thoughts on the game? And like at 11 a.m. we can get them? Like, what? I'm asking you right now, dude. Unbelievable. Mm, cool. All right, we'll come back, and it'll be abbreviated because we're very late to the break. But our picks coming oh. up next. Coop is still trying to shoehorn his way into the segment. We're coming right back. This is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Two, three, and one for Brian last week. Three and three for me. I'm 21 and 15 on the year. Brian, 18, 16, and two. We are both above 500, which is a good thing. Let's kick it off again with the Greg music. (laughs) We'll start in college football. I'm picking against both of Brian's teams in the pros and in college. Give me OK State minus seven at Texas. Why? Because that Texas defense looked horrible in the Red River Showdown, and this OK State offense can be, at times, one of the most intense in college football. I think they put up a ton of points, and I'm not sure if Texas is going to be able to match it. This, to me, even if it's close the whole game, I can see Oklahoma State with that touchdown late to go up two scores. Oklahoma State traveling, but I like a minus seven at Texas. Florida State is just in all sorts of weirdness. I just don't believe in them at all. Now, Louisville's defense is a disgrace. There's no two ways about it. But I think against this Florida State offense, they've had all sorts of problems. I just feel like that Louisville defense can play well enough to cover the seven points. I mean, Florida State to me is like a myth. They're a farce. They're nothing this year. Now, Louisville has their problems, but I don't know. This to me is a... La marvelous game. Give me Louisville plus seven traveling to Florida State. And the big one, USC Notre Dame. 
I told you, this is a throw out the stats. This is a gut game. Notre Dame. We didn't talk about Notre Dame for weeks and weeks and weeks after that Georgia loss. The only time we talked about Notre Dame was Brian Kelly in a press conference. Next thing you know, Notre Dame's on our radar. You know what that means? Just with my gut, they're going down. (laughs) They're going down. Give me USC plus three at Notre Dame. All right, let's go. Iowa Northwestern. I think this is going to be a close football game. I'm taking Iowa minus one and a half. I like this quarterback, Nathan Stanley. Uh, everyone likes Akram Wadley at the running back position. Northwestern's played some dynamite defense. Remember, they went to Camp Randall and, 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 and shut down that pretty much that running game of Wisconsin. But offensively, they've been challenged all season long, and they'll still be challenged in this one. But it'll be a close affair. Syracuse at Miami. I'm going to take the 17 points. Uh, Syracuse is going to go in and score in this ball game. Matter of fact, one of their strengths passing the ball is going up against one of the deficiencies of Miami's defense. Now, as far as that front seven and stopping the run and getting out the quarterbacks, they held Georgia Tech 100 yards below their season average a week ago in that deluge in which they won another late thriller versus the the, the uh, Yellow Jackets. So I like Miami to win the ball game, but I think Syracuse covers that 17 points. And then BC taking on Virginia. Virginia 5-1 quietly. Way to go, Virginia. But BC, they have this freshman running back, A.J. Dillon. You mentioned that Louisville defense, 272 yards rushing last week, four touchdowns versus that defense. I think he's going to be the key to BC covering. They're going to take – I'm going to take that five points. So I'm going to take BC plus five. They actually, I think they even win the game. I think they beat Virginia. How about that, Mikey B? Wow. On to the NFL. Give me the Tennessee Titans minus five and a half at Cleveland. Cleveland at some point you think is going to have to play better, but watching them, and I watched a ton of it because they had a lot of fantasy football action in Texans-Browns last week. Watching them on both sides of the ball, they're not even an NFL team. They are disgusting. They've got no talent. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And Tennessee, watching them, and I understand it's Monday night and they got to travel, and maybe that is concerning for the Tennessee Titans. But Mariota will be a little bit healthier. And even if he's not, he stayed in the pocket. He was able to dissect that Colts defense, which isn't any good. They're going to be fine. They're going to win by a touchdown in this game. Tennessee minus five and a half. Carolina, this is a weird team to figure this year, and I kind of wanted to stay away from it. And I picked against the Bears last week, and it was not a good thing. I'm picking against the Bears again. I don't know. I just think this is a Cam Newton ticked-off game. I think they played really well but lost against the best team in the NFC and the Eagles. I think they come back, and that ended up, you know, they got a ton of time. This is like 11 days in between now because of the Thursday night game. So, to me, they come back, they go into Chicago, and they put the beat down on Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears. It's only minus three. That's that's an easy one for me. Carolina minus three at Chicago. And here's the other pick against BJ. San Francisco plus six at home to the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, to me, defensively are just brutal. And this 49ers offense, believe it or not, they could do some things with Hoyard, with Bethard. They could do some things on offense. Carlos Hyde, Pierre Garçon, George Kittle and Bits at the tight end position. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to put up some points in this game. They will keep this close at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Give me San Fran plus six. You hater. Seattle at the New York football Giants. I'm taking the Giants plus four and a half in this one, man. The Giants held the Broncos to 46 yards rushing. 
Seattle cannot run the ball. Russell Wilson will be running for his life. Seattle's without one of its best pass rushers has been for the last couple weeks in Cliff Averill. The young man may have to even hang up uh, his cleats, may have to end his career and suffer a serious injury to the spine area. So I'm taking the Giants at home. They found something, man. They're back. Arizona at the L.A. Rams. Give me the Rams minus three and a half. I like this Rams team. I said they'd go on the road and win at Jacksonville last week. They did exactly that. Stay away from turnovers. They'll be fine. And AP, Adrian Peters had a great debut in a Cardinals uniform. He will not be able to run for over 100 versus this defense. But he's still a good player. And he's not done yet in the NFL. But this week, he won't get over 100. New Orleans at Green Bay. I'm taking the Packers plus four at home. Then they got problems on offense. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, that's the most glaring problem. But they've lost a couple offensive linemen. But that's where the skill set of Brett Hundley comes into play. He's going to be able to get out of harm's way. And last but not least, the defense is going to step up and shut down Drew Brees and that offense. I like this defense to win this ball game for Green Bay. So plus four, I'm all over it. You've been picking a lot of Giants games. I don't think you've gotten one right this year because you picked against them last week. You took the Broncos. didn't have them. I think you picked them twice earlier this year to cover, and it didn't happen. You are correct. Going back to that Giants I'm going well. back. Yeah. They found something on the road, man. They found themselves. And this weekend on Saturday, it's going to be intriguing just because of the Butch Jones stuff. And also, if you haven't seen Alabama yet this year, broadcast nationally on CBS. Check them out, Alabama, Tennessee, and watch Brian leading up. It's uh, what t- You're going to be on at 2.30? Uh, no, we're on at uh, 3. On at 3, three Eastern Time. 3 Eastern Time on CBS. You get Zucker, you get Brian, you get New Heisel, yep. and they'll take you up to Alabama, Tennessee. You also have Andrew Bogish, who will be on MLB Now with Carlos Pena, mm-hmm. Dan O'Dowd, and some host. So mm-hmm. you'll have that at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And me and Petey Meats and Mikey B, we got nothing. We got <laughs> nothing going on. You got some margaritas in your future. I do. We're going to yeah. go to a happy hour in uh, Patchogue, <laughs> New York, Patchogue. at a place called Del Fuego at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. So if you're listening or streaming and you want to come over and buy me a margarita, I'll buy you two. How about ah, that? I like that deal. I hope that I know Patrick, that. One of my actually, favorite I'll, places. Buy, I'll buy you 10 because I know no one is hearing this who lives in that area. Oh. I'll buy you 20 of them. How about that? My man Kenny Gets from Patchogue. Yeah, man. Thanks to Don Cricky, Greg Cosell, Mikey B, Petey Meets, Bogish, Jock Alone, Gio and Jones. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.